back to the dark side of Dino. It's been a minute since we did one of these episodes where we uh, dived into um, exorcism for four episodes, if I'm not mistaken. I'm your host, Tim. Co-host out there, JB, are you with us tonight? What's going on, man? Not much, man. Uh, we've been uh, absent for a minute, but uh, the last episode we did was with uh, Mrs. Dino Nuggets, and that, uh, that's been by far our most popular episode. Yeah, a lot of people uh, wanted to hear what she had to say for real. Right. You know, they wanted to get like a, you know, I guess they could technically say that we're a biased kind of, a, you know, contributor. So it was good to get somebody who's not on here every day. Yeah, and uh, it's good for her to open up and talk about it too, man. She's been wanting to do something like that for a while, not pay somebody, you know. Oh, yeah. Perspective is uh, is is brilliant, you know, and she... Uh, she definitely brought uh, all kinds of different stuff, man. People are loving that episode. I get nothing but good feedback on it. That's good, man. We also uh, <laughs> took me forever to get it done, and then you had to put the icing <laughs> on the cake there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time. I can tell she uh, she really enjoyed telling the story from her own perspective. And we do have to welcome a whole new audience in because uh, recently you had a video uh, premiere on uh, Project Dark Knight Horror, and he uh, did a fantastic job with that uh, video, and he also promoted our podcast, so we want to thank him for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, for everybody coming over from Dark Knight, welcome. I'm JB. This is a uh, podcast where we dive deeper into the story behind the infamous videos that you all love uh, to watch. And coming on here, you're going to get the full story as we dive deeper into it, right? Yeah, uh, a lot more than what the videos can show, that's for sure. Right, you can only do so much in the video as like on this platform, we can dive way deeper into like the actual story and, you know, all the underlying factors within. Yeah, and like we said on the video, it's, uh, I can't just do paranormal videos all the time, mm -hmm. so it's a lot easier, man. I hate making videos. It's just the fact that you have to do it, you know. It's fucked up. And for the people that don't know, we do uh, quite a bit of different stuff. We do our other podcast, which is Lap Dances and Lattes, and that's strictly like comedy to kind of, uh, you know, unleash some of the uh, the tension that builds. <laughs> that definitely does help, for sure. But you have to like comedy. That's what yeah. I tell everyone. So if you did, I have no filter. Neither does Tim. Nope. I'm not afraid to hurt your feelings, so. If you're going to listen to that one, check your offense at the door because it's it's meant to be funny. It's meant to entertain you. That's all it is. Um, you know, we don't really think exactly like some of the shit we say. We just try to uh, elicit a reaction. It's like we're two sober drunk dudes sitting <laughs> at a bar. <laughs> well, in this episode, um, like I previously alluded to, that we had previously done four episodes on exorcism in the four stages which are infestation oppression um let's see what else what were the other two then we had obsession and then the final possession we went over those in detail and how they correlate with your story but we skipped over one very important like step uh which is um permission and you're going to dive into that tonight and tell all the viewers for the first time on uh some of the stuff that you were into and or possibly the origins of the story began. Yeah, it's... Man, 
where do you start with that one? Um, I mean, you know, there's the uh, like some of the obvious stuff with like Ouija boards, seances, um, what are they, like dares, things like that, chanting. Yeah, I mean, just stupid shit when you're growing up, man. Yeah, you. But right. I think the the real door would open something up for me is when I was doing something that I knew was wrong at night. I had no problem doing. I think that's what really opened me up to a lot of it after all these years, man. And I, I keep learning every day. Mm-hmm. And you want and to... just when you have to sit down and think about all the things that you know could have led you down this path where you're at today. It's a very difficult. Right, and you're going to tell kind of the, the stories and, you know, where you think this all began and some of the stuff that you were into? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say just the things I was into was normal, man. I, I played football. I loved rock music. I don't know. <laughs> um, being out in the country part-time with my family, like I said before, like many times before, you know, we were, we were religious kids, so, you know, when you grow up finding something out like that all the time, that's all that's preached to you all the time, um, you tend to go the opposite way sometimes just to, to get that rush, you know, like to feel like you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing and uh, causing mischief, I would say. But, like, as far as, like, what, I, what happens to me, um, you know, when you go through something like this, and um, it, people are always like, you know, and I read some comments, they're just like, you know, well, if that really happened, then this would happen. That's, <laughs> mm-hmm. Or this is how they would react. You you don't know how you would react until you go through it. And that's in, that's the case in a lot of scenarios because we're, we're like thumbprints, man. We're right. all different. And if everybody was the same, I mean, this would be a really fucked up, you know, planet. <laughs> Right. More than more so than it already is right now. I mean, let's let's face it, we're in some pretty dark times. You talked about like two different events uh that you believe correlate with the current situation as uh visiting a couple of voodoo lounges on two separate occasions when you were in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't blame it too on voodoo, I would say I I wouldn't blame it on the voodoo. I think the experience with the voodoo pretty much opened my eyes to a another realm, I would say. Just when you have doubts and you're going through stuff like that, I, I don't think you consciously process it right away. You know what I mean? Like some people have something strange happen to them and that'll be it for the rest of their life. What's what's happened with me, it's like you know something's happening. But your brain and your your natural instinct is to to just shuffle it off or move away. Right, and can you kind of like talk about those two different times you visited Voodoo? Was it just kind of like a random thing, or did you think like the whole trip? Hey, we're gonna go check out a Voodoo shop. No, man, it was just uh, like the a- scene around you. I mean. You see voodoo stuff on like billboards. It's like a tourist attraction, you know, mark. Mm-hmm. So I, I never had any intention on, you know, fucking around with that shit. I, I still really don't think that I have. Um, you know, when I went into that shop, it was a gift store, you okay. know, and it, it had authentic stuff that was used for voodoo, like little potions and sands and 
even had bone powder. And another thing that was big in that, you know, type of store was like graveyard dirt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you see it nonstop and over and over and over, it's kind of like what the internet did to me. You know, <laughs> once these videos came out, it was like the internet planted a seed mm-hmm. in my head. You know, because when I first started going through all this stuff, it, the, the last thing I thought it was a demon. I still don't, I'm not comfortable even acknowledging that since, you know, um, but when I started posting this shit online and I thought it was a ghost, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't attribute it to be anything demonic, anything to be with a voodoo or whatever, but, you know, going back into that voodoo scenario, I, things leading up to that had already happened. You know, it, it just became more real you know, during that time period where it was like really up in my face where I couldn't ignore it anymore. I would say, you know, for the past 13 years, man, uh, it's got to be that long now. Um, it, it's been around. I just didn't really start to acknowledge it until that. That was like a turning point for everything in my life. Just when I was driving to Florida, like I said, I, I had no intent on getting divorced or anything like that. It was it was like when she touched my back. And I've thought about this a lot lately, especially since, you know, my hiatus from the channel and doing all this stuff. It's, I really had to search deep because honestly, man, like, it's aged me. It, for all you listeners out there that are always, you know, looking for this type of rush or the paranormal rush, it, it ages you. It, it takes a piece of you every time it comes out. It slowly starts to chip away at you. And they probably got a good, uh, you know, imp- like update when you uh, release that video through uh, Project Dark Knight Horror. Because you, you literally had to move like twice in the span of, uh, what, like six weeks? Yeah. Um, yeah. I sent you that video. And... We moved down uh, further south towards the border in uh, Green Valley. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even make it there two months. Yeah, things just got so hectic and so crazy, you just had to go again. It, I, shit started happening in this house before I even got when we moved in. Mm-hmm. So, and there's actually a story with that house too that you'll probably want to share with everybody. <laughs> yeah it's only gonna uh, build the legend i mean we can tell that at the end and keep them in suspense a little bit so <laughs> <laughs> keep them wanting more and listening to us but one thing yeah, i bet no you people noticed about your your video through uh project dark night horror is uh you you weren't rocking the uh, traditional hat yeah man it's it's hot up here <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it gets hot and you know i've reached a place in life man and, that, and that's like kind of going into my story, I guess it's one of the thing that I was most self-conscious about is, you know, being bald. I started going bald when I was 19, 18, 19, you know, it just something that was really hard for me to face. Like, so I always thought like, Oh shit, I'll just cover it up with, you know, a hat. Well, as you get older and you're a grown ass man and people looking at you like, really? You wear a fucking hat all day, every day. It's like, well, I had been doing that since I was 16. 
Now you're under that Arizona sun, getting that caramel skin every day, so you're not a, oh. not afraid to rock the 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 head. <laughs> oh yeah, it, you know, and going through all this and the journey that I've taken in life, I I don't have the luxury of you know being self conscious anymore. It, you know, like I said, the the one thing that the internet has done for me through all this is is planted the seed. Yeah, get your head going in a hundred different directions, and that's that's kind of like one of my regrets about this whole story is one is it it's mentally draining to try to capture something because you know it, it's one thing when you're going through something like this bro you, you don't think about turning on the lights you hear something freaky you know you're, you're going to react second by second and you never know what you're going to do at that time you never do the same thing over and over mm-hmm. you don't yeah. and and that video shows it, man, with, uh, you know, the split screen in there. It shows uh, what you were doing, investigating, as well as, like, the point of view from your bedroom when that uh, figure was captured once again. Right. And and I did what, like, we had talked about, man, because for everyone that listens out there, it was, it's been, like, almost 200 days since we post something on our channel. And it's, it's not because, you know, it's not that we didn't want to. I, I've made a couple of videos that I've sent him and you know, one of them panned out to not be much that we could figure out that would be necessarily paranormal. But after I send you that clip and th- this is how that clip started, I guess. Um, and Tim, you can verify it. Mm-hmm. When stuff started happening in that house, man, like there was a few different times I was able to catch some stuff on video, but it, it started getting too close. You know, and there was, it's been like, I don't know, it was about three days in a row consecutively that it was really thick and heavy, um, you know, activity, I would say, where it was, the frequency of it was, it was consistent, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, a couple bangs and then nothing would happen like this. The shit was like a child having a temper tantrum for hours, days. And when I when I caught that video, I didn't I didn't even think that there was anything on there. I mean, it happened so fast in real time. It I almost missed it. Mm-hmm. You almost missed it. You know, we were close to ditching that film, and we how long did we sit on that? Oh god, we sat on that for probably like three or four weeks, something like that. Oh, it had to have been longer than that. It, yeah, it might have been. You know, we'd be so, <laughs> so busy with everything else we do. Yeah. Um, I don't remember really wanted to rush to put it out. Right. But with the frequency and how bad it was getting in that house, man, like that was the final straw. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't sign leases anymore. That's, you know, we're we're in a permanent home up here, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't have to worry about that, but you you can't run every time it gets bad. You, know, you just can't. Like the financial obligation that this cost me to live in Arizona has far exceeded what it would have just to stay home. Mm-hmm. And I hope people understand that. Like when you, you sign a rental lease and all that kind of stuff, it's you're obligated to it unless you come out of pocket. And when I'm gone, I'm gone. And it, I'll come out of pocket. I, I don't care. But it, it gets to the point, like, we moved out of that house in Tucson after that video. It, it was within 
a couple of days and I had that place empty. When we landed in, you know, Green Valley, that's when we had made a decision not to provoke it or do anything like that and see if it dies down. Because you got to remember, when I was moving out here, we were getting videos pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. Like spotlight. You know, like, yeah, it was, it was thick. Yeah, it seems like uh, people have suggested that by filming it is kind of like spotlighting the behavior and encouraging it in somewhat, some fashion, essentially. Yeah, that's fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, I'm technically, yeah, that's that's not accurate at all. There's there's also people out there that believe that you can set up a camera for an hour and catch paranormal activity every time. It, it don't fucking happen like that. You know, and I, it's, it's like setting yourself up just knowing that, you know, it's going to happen. I, I mean, if that was the case, truly, if that was the case, I mean, we'd be a lot further in a society with dealing with something like this. Right. Because everybody would go out and look for this stuff. There's, I know paranormal investigators that have been doing this for years that are still skeptics. Because mm-hmm. a lot of those places that they go out to, some of these people have supposedly had you know, experiences with, it's a select few that have that experience. It's not every single person, you know, and that's when I, I start to doubt a lot of these videos out there, you know, and they're, they're going into supposed paranormal hotspots because I I think people get it in their brain that like they're going to have a experience because every video that they've seen online or on TV all have people having these experiences when they go to those locations. And I'm telling you, a majority of that is in your head. Right. And that's actually one of the things listed in like the permission stage is uh, the uh, chief exorcist that uh, Gabriel Amaroth, which is that uh, movie that just came out, the Pope's exorcist that's based on his uh, life exhibitions. He lists like going and looking for ghosts as a form of giving an entity permission to follow you around or be involved in your life. So that's something that's kind of scary. And I don't want people to look at this weird, but with how much experience that I have in this and how much knowledge I've been able to obtain, not only from, you know, living through it and trying to seek help through my own means, but through the, the feedback that we've gotten on the channels. And I'm, I'm going to have to stick with uh, the divine faith on it. You know, if God, you know, if good's real, then, you know, evil's real. If there's a God, there's got to be a devil, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if one exists, then you know. I mean, going through this, like in my life, man, I, I started to doubt my faith in a lot of stuff. You know, I thought God was something that would be, you know, a grown man's imaginary friend. For a long time, like when I started traveling down that path, I would say, I, I just thought religion started to be a joke. You know, and then after you, you see this, and like I said, it's a seed that got planted in my head doing all this. Because reading all the different aspects and talking to the different people, you know, through podcasts. And however, you know, people that have reached out to us through via email and just listening to the story. It, it all pretty much leads down to the same path. And, you know, if, if it is evil, then that means God has to be real too. So maybe it's worth spending a little bit of time praying. And I think, like I said, it's, it's a mixture of 
when you know you're doing something wrong and you're okay with it, I think that opens up everyone. When you're in the act of sin, everyone's open to it. I think a lot of people, I think there's something to it. When people say we all have our own demons, I truly believe that. Mm -hmm. And I've said that before. I I genuinely believe that at a certain point of your life when you're no longer adolescent, you know the difference between right and wrong, and you're doing wrong and you know you're doing wrong, but you're still doing it anyway, I think that that's, that's when a door opens that. What's interesting, it seems like evil tends to always surface where like faith is most prevalent. So within the church or people that go to church quite often or are faithful, it seems like, you know, the devil's always trying to destroy that faith in order to uh, separate, you know, humanity from uh, God, essentially. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always a battle of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just what side of the, the what side of the fence or what side of the battle do you fall on? Yeah, it's the that's e- my opinion. Eternal struggle or eternal battle of good versus evil. It's always going to rage on. It seems like that's a never-ending uh, war. And in mine, it's in my head. Man. Like I've said, I, I think I opened that door a number of times just to see. And now I'm kind of reaping what I sow then, as you would say, you know, I, I really believe that it's, it's karma. I mean, fucked up shit's happening in your entire life, you know, and I've always said, you know, I do anything to have a normal fucking life, like weird shit, not only bad shit, but good shit as well. It's, if I sat down and write a book of, you know, all the things that I've experienced, but here's another thing that I'll, I'll say for our new viewers. Man, I, I'm wore out, <laughs> you know, and a lot of the good memories that I once had, they're, it's harder and harder to remember them, and that's not, that's not normal. I can remember exact movie quotes from a movie that I've maybe seen once or twice in the past 20 years. I can still recite a quote from a, a specific movie that I've seen forever ago, and I watch a lot of movies, a lot. And I have no problem remembering stuff like that, but like happy memories from childhood and just, you know, from my earlier stages of growing up, it's my head's being filled with a, a whole new, a whole new set of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's causing me to dwell on it. Man. And that's why I've taken such a, a long hiatus is because I had to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, you can definitely tell that there's been a toll exacted on you just from the energy levels and some of the videos from previous to now. You can physically look at me. <laughs> and you even explained that. Fuck. You you talked about how when you first moved out here, you gained a lot of weight. And, you know, that was pretty evident in a couple of those videos. Man, I went downhill. Once I knew that it was not going to leave me, man, I started drinking, I... Was afraid to leave my house. I ordered Grubhub all the time. Like I'd probably spend fifteen hundred a month on just Grubhub, and I was eating three meals a day. Yeah, and people. And I'm telling you now, it's like I'm sick, can't eat. I don't have no, you know. I just don't have a lot in me to do much. And some people will be able to uh, make that determination. Some of the earlier podcasts we did when you were drinking quite heavily, as opposed to the ones we're doing now. Where you've you know taken that uh, sobriety commitment? 
Yeah. And just worrying about my overall health, man. And a big part of this is having good mental clarity. You have to have a good mental state of mind to do what I do. You, you really do. And I've learned that. But it's like, here's an example. Remember Barack Obama when he got elected? He looked like he was maybe 25. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eight years later, he, he looks like he's 70. Yeah, the burden of that uh, uh, that job really takes a toll on every individual that uh, is in that office. Except Trump. He looks younger now than when he started this. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. But dude he, looks good. <laughs> yeah, no, Biden's a, crumbling. George W. Bush looks like he, he aged 100 years. He's just you a guy that... You see, that's what happened to me. <laughs> He's just a guy that's overcome challenges throughout his life, so I don't think it even phases him when one's presented. Nah. But you uh, said something about, like, the good memories are now clouded and, you know, you're having trouble remembering a lot of the good times. That's that's kind of a new thing. I don't remember you ever mentioning that in previous podcasts. Nah. It, you sit back and think about stuff, man. I was thinking about this the other day. You don't think about things... From growing up too much, man. Yeah, this is definitely a recent it's hard development. To think about that. Yeah, it's a recent development. I don't remember you mentioned that ever before. That could probably be attributed to you know just being worn down by whatever is uh, following you consistently. Well, yeah, and and when I started shutting myself in and blocking myself out from everybody, it got bad. I got like low vitamin D. All kinds of chemicals in my body started getting messed up. I'd get sick. You know, COVID did a lot to me. It really did. I had to stay home all the time and deal with this. Yeah, it was. It's like a, a abusive relationship. It, every time something happens, it just takes a little bit more out of you. And you got that more. at a, a late stage, like th- just this year, right? You didn't initially get it in 2020 when most people were getting it. No, I, I got COVID way later. Yeah, that's what I thought, because I remember uh, I had gotten it in January of 21, and it kind of knocked me for a loop for a few days, but it was very synonymous with like the flu-like symptoms. I didn't lose my sense of smell or taste or any of that stuff, but uh, I was definitely out for like four or five days. Oh, yeah. I, at least when I got it, I, w- I couldn't even get off the bed for three days. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, well, I guess getting back to the permission thing we we're talking about, you know, people are going to ask because you did mention that you went into this voodoo shop and there was like bone ash and graveyard dirt and various other things. They're going to want to know if you purchased anything or anything like that, or do you still have anything that you may have purchased at those two visits? So unique story about that. Um, yes, I, I bought a lot of stuff there. Right. Are you going to get into the uh, <laughs> the uh, inventory here, which you purchased well, at mean, these voodoo shops? Yeah, I mean, they have baskets that tell you what all this stuff is, man. I bought an alligator paw. I bought um, some chicken feet that were on a, like a necklace thing. The alligator paw was on a rope, like a leather strap, you know, kind of like a, a keychain type deal. Or what do they call those? key fobs where it got the long strap on them mm-hmm. was oh like that? lanyard it, like a lanyard yeah mm-hmm. it, it was on like a uh, a leather lanyard string so and I, I i don't know man i just thought it was cool it was it's cool stuff to get your hands on it kind of 
it's kind of like a little rush to me like, oh yeah, this is a real voodoo doll. Well, I put all that shit on my rear view mirror and I, I carried it around for a long time. And like I said, uh, during my divorce, man, I made a stupid decision. I, I hooked up with this girl within two months out of what, you know, when me and my wife split up and it was a nightmare. I mean, she, she was going through her own problems. Let's just put it that way. Both of us were within a couple of months of being outside of, you know, our significant other. We're breaking up. We're definitely getting divorced. Well, to make a long story short, man, um, it was, I was no, it was in no mental place to be having another relationship, let alone being with somebody that we actually lived with. And, you know, both of us going through a divorce at the same time, it was kind of like toxic water and I was drinking it every day. Well, I, like I said, I got into some legal trouble during that time as well. And I had, you know, taken my, my lanyard <laughs> that I made, I mean, and it had all my voodoo stuff in there, man. I mean, voodoo beads, um, little spell and bottles and all, all of it was connected with these leather ropes not ropes, like little leather straps. So I just, I would put them over onto my rear view mirror. And I was talking with my boss one day at work and he was like, Oh yeah, man. Well, and we were talking about new Orleans and I went out to my car and I, I got it and I, I'm bringing in all these different items. And this guy Esmolin that was on the team, the sales team that I was on, you know, he was, um, Dominican Republican or Dominic Republican. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, he was Dominican. Uh-huh. Dominican, yeah. Anyway, right. Well, the Haitians, I guess, down in that region are like hardcore voodoo people. And uh, it scared him. And, you know, he, he took off running out of the office once he seen what I had. Told him to get away from him and like freaked out about it. Well, it took like three or four days after I had brought that stuff in uh, to show it to my boss. And he had pulled me aside in the break room. He's like, you got to get rid of that shit. He's like, well, I know it bothers you, man. I was like, but that there's seriously stuff that I bought in a, a, a souvenir shop. That's, that's what they are. He's like, no, that's the fuck they are. That's, that's bad shit. You don't know what you're playing around with. You need to get rid of it as soon as possible. It wasn't even a week outside of that. That's when, uh, the, the gal that I was seeing crashed my car. And it got impounded and I got arrested then. And it, it kind of all went away from there. Just right after he, he told me that it was like pretty much right on point with what he said was going to happen. And I, he was really spiritual when it came to stuff like that, you know, and, and voodoo in general, a lot of people will tell you there's, there's good voodoo and then there's, you know, dark voodoo. And that's one of the on me that it's all voodoo. It's all the same. That's it's a, a religion found on, you know, witchcraft. So, you know, in his mind, being a Christian, that's not good ever. And that, you know, he's like, you, you carry around shit like that. Something bad is going to happen. And he's like, you got to get rid of it. You got to get rid of it. Well, I didn't get rid of it. I got arrested. And what became and that of that like stuff? Start. Was it still in the car when... It got wrecked, or do you still have this yeah. stuff today? Oh no! Um, like I said, when that happened, I got arrested, and by the time I got out, it was it was past the time for me to go out and pick it up. The bank picked it up because I missed a payment. 
Yeah, so you so, don't know what I mean, became in Colorado, of that. They, they don't mess around. You miss a payment, and within 15 days, your, your car is gone. Oh, wow. So you don't know what became of all that stuff you purchased. I don't. I never did. You know, and I, I think that a part of that, you know, it's just, you, you get fascinated by certain stuff, man. Like I said, right. I grew up Jewish. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't exposed to anything like that. Now that I'm free, I have my own vehicle, I'm married, I have a kid. You know, you have this new sense of, you know, freedom. You know, and my my entire family flew to Florida and I, I was stubborn. and was like, oh, well, I'm going to leave three days early. And I drove down there and I met them there. The day they flew in, I arrived by car. So, you know, when I'm driving through New Orleans and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, everybody parties down here. This is going to be a great time. And, you know, I, I was just soaking it in, eating the food. And you just get a, a involved with your your surroundings there. You, you really do. The music, the food, the people. And it's like a meat grinder of people. Right. Down and, there. And you, you get caught up in it, man. And where were these places located, like the in the French Quarter and some like back alleys? Is that the or is that just too cliche movie Hollywood esque kind of stuff? No, they're back alley in you know the French Quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a uh, the French Quarter is a back alley. <laughs> right, that's an interesting place. Just from I've never been there personally, but just from the movies, you can tell it's a very interesting block. A lot of history. Right, yeah. a lot of history, a lot of people, a lot of death. Uh, I mean, I mean, pretty much that whole area is stamped by death. The duel originated down there. Isn't the you whole know, slavery? Ugh, it, it's bad. Isn't the whole act of Mardi Gras some kind of like uh, homage to like voodoo or some tradition? Because everybody like wears masks and there's all kinds of like weird shit going on during that period of time. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know the exact meaning of Mardi Gras, but it's that a lot of the stuff that happens down there is based off of, you know, stuff like that. It's just that it was like, a, from my understanding, it's just like a meat grinder of cultures. Mm-hmm. I know when people die down there, too, it's like a whole, like, it's, it's I wouldn't say ritual, but it's like a whole ordeal because they, like, basically carry the body from the home to the cemeteries, which are mostly above ground, right? Because of the, the fact that new Orleans is below sea. I don't think they bury a whole lot of bodies below sea level for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, they don't bury bodies below. I mean, when you start to dig down there, it, it just fills up with water. So that's why you're, you're so, you have to be buried above ground. But if you go down there, man, there's not a lot of room left. Right. There's really not. Yeah. And it's just like a whole ordeal when they, they do those like, uh, you know, burials and stuff like that. And I wouldn't be surprised if during like Katrina, some of those bodies didn't float out of those, uh, you know, what do they call those above ground graves? Like cream, they're not crematoriums. That's something else, but the above ground. It's like a tomb. Yeah, yeah. Like the tomb. I'm sure some bodies washed out of there during that event. That They still do. I mean, I seen a video not too long ago of some of the older cemeteries with body parts exposed, you know, there, you can look in some of the holes in some of these crypts and see the bones. I mean, you got to figure, man, coffins never used to be that nice mm-hmm. <laughs> and being flooded out and being salt water and through storms and wind. I mean, those, those tombs are just crumbling in some of these places and there's human skulls just 
right open in the view and it's just it's such a poor city they don't they don't have the money to upkeep it they just come and mow it down if they can and it's sad and it's probably naive to think that like that stuff that you bought was probably just you know I don't know how to like exactly put it, but not like gift shop kind of stuff. Who knows if there wasn't a ritual over that kind of stuff or like a seance or some kind of chanting, you know, you never know what was done to those items before you purchased them. And would it be so far off to think that people wouldn't do stuff like that? I mean, look at fentanyl. People are putting that in common everyday things (laughs) for what purpose? And it, just giving the vibe of that place it's new orleans is a fucking sketchy place man full of sketchy ass people right so in my opinion it would not be out of the realm of them you know putting on something like that i think you know between the having that all that items that i spent i don't know man i probably spent two or three hundred bucks in total on just voodoo shit is that what was so intriguing to you? Just the the culture or the lore, or you didn't believe in the stuff, or or what what made you essentially seek out those shops? It the lore of it, man. You know, just it. You you get entrenched with it. I mean, there's there's voodoo chips for God's sakes. You can buy chips that are. It's a theme down there it really is like you see voodoo shops everywhere voodoo gas stations it's everywhere and it it's imprinted in your head while you're there you know and you you can ignore it or you can embrace it a little bit why not embrace it it's something new you hear about it people always freak out when i think about voodoo i think about the stigma that comes along with um ouija boards Right, and that's something else we're going to touch on. I don't know if you have any kind of uh, experience using those things, but a lot of people strongly believe that those are portals to, uh, you know, other dimensions or the great beyond or or whatever people believe. Right, and we've touched on the the manifestation stuff, man. I Mm -hmm. think your brain is a lot more powerful than, you know, people give it credit. they're, They're ignorant to think. The power of the mind isn't relevant. I mean, if you go into anything and believing, there's a good chance that that can manifest. And that's what they say, too, that, you know, the Ouija board is only a tool. It's actually your mind that's opening these doors into uh, other realms. Right. And your mind is what controls those, those realms. But, I mean, whatever I did, I opened up a door to something. And where do you think that door got opened? It, you don't necessarily think it was in the voodoo shops. You said there was something already present. So what uh, what previous to those visits uh, was something that you were into? Was it like rituals or seances or anything nah, like that? Man, just living a normal life. I mean, I did. You know, I wasn't the best person. Man. I was a dick. You know, I made a lot of money and I was... Uh, a pretentious asshole about it. Like I always, I looked down upon people that I didn't think that were equals to me. Like I, I was an asshole. And I, I think a lot of what I'm going through, like I've said a long time ago, it, it's karma. You know, I, I'm, I'm just, it's slowly starting to catch up with me, man. It, it really is. I think all of us do things. We're all sinners. We are. It's just, Mine chose to, you know, show, rear its head. It really did. Like, 
it, it's hard to even admit that I, I go through this stuff. It's, it's hard as fuck for me to admit it to myself. And I still have to come to terms with it. You, but you, you never really can come to terms with something, you know, I, my head's all over the place about it. Man. And the more I sit down and I try to think about stuff that it, that's the emotional part of going through something like this. It's the mind fuck that you go through when you're going through something like this. It's a, it's a total mind fuck. And that's the, the part that ages you and starts to take its toll. Right. And they can kind of attribute sometimes uh, like activity being associated with maybe a tragic event or maybe the loss of a relative, something like that. You don't remember experiencing anything like that where you like lost a relative and then all of a sudden things start to happen. No, man. Nothing like that. No, we all lose people. It's a part of getting older. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you live long enough. You're going to lose everyone around you. That's just a, a fact right. of life. That's why I wouldn't want to be immortal because I wouldn't want to watch everybody I care about die off. I just didn't know if you remembered ever being in contact with a, a friend or a family member that might have been into some of the darker arts that, you know, may have passed on or left an imprint behind or. I don't buy any of that shit, man. Nothing like that, like witchcraft or anything. I, I, you don't think any of that stuff is legitimate? I think that those are desperate people looking for answers to try to justify what they're going through. Mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I, I've come to terms with mine. You know, it's something that I did clearly. It's following me. It's attached to me. It wants me. So I can't. Well, I can't. <laughs> for every finger I point, I got three back pointing at me. And that's the biggest thing for me being able to get through this is understanding that I did something wrong and that I've got to try to fix. And <laughs> good luck pinning that down, man. You kill yourself trying to figure it out. Right. You, you start to think about every instance in your life. And let's be honest, I'm 41 years old and I can't fucking remember everything that I've done. You know, yeah, did I go to the crossroads in life with my friends because that was a local lure or a local legend? like a, an urban legend that they had. Did I cut my hand and bleed onto a candle? Like a fucking idiot. Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. Do you, you want know? to kind of and dive I even in. thought about people that I've met that were off. Do you, you ever met that one person in public or, you know, bumped into them casually? And then you, when you walk away, you're like, there's just something about that fucking person. I've even thought about that. Maybe I did something. And I've run into a lot of creepy people, man. I travel a lot. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, I'm wondering if I piss somebody off. Did you want to dive into the uh, crossroads a little bit more for somebody that might not be familiar with the, uh, the I don't know if we've got into detail about it in previous episodes, but I guess this would be a good time to talk about like the urban legend or the ritual or whatever they were uh, deeming it to be. Right. And I mean, when you live out in the country, man, and you're, around Southern Baptists or like real old school way of thinking. Like I said, I'm 41. So I come from a generation of people that, you know, were raised by old school conservative beliefs and, you know, living in a religious section. I mean, where I lived in Colorado when I was growing up part time, because like I said, I, if, if you guys want to know the story about me and my life, I, you're going to have to listen to some of these episodes because I don't want to rehash everything in every, you know, every podcast that we do. But there, there's been stories that go way, way back of people selling their soul 
to the devil. Um, and one story in particular, uh, you know, it's like, oh, brother, we're all there, kind of. You know, you, you go out to the middle of nowhere. Where, I mean, and it was a secluded place. And it's a four-way stop out in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's, it's four roads connecting that, that basically lead to an endless stretch of land. And, you know, the road ends eventually, but you're so far removed from the public, it's, it's not even funny. But, you know, there was an old legend that, you know, some pretty famous people would come out to this, you know, crossroads and they would sell their soul to the devil for musical talent, sports talent, money. You know, some people just sold their soul for just selfish reasons. But if you wanted to do that, you, you had to go out into God's country. You know what I mean? And you, you found the crossroads and you, you did a little chant and, you know, you set the candle directly in the middle of that four way. And you had to offer a blood sacrifice, man. And that was legend. I mean, you got to remember, this is stories that are, your grandparents told you that predate you by a hundred years. And that people have been doing this kind of stuff in that area for a long time. It was like a local legend, man. And there was kids on my football team that would be like, oh, well, I want to start this team. And I, I really want to get out on the field. So they, they'd go out there and have some beers and, you know, park their trucks in the, the damn ditch and light their candles and you know, be drinking out there because the chances of a fucking car coming out there are next to none. Unless you own that land, which is owned by my family, you have no reason to be out there. There's nothing out there. So it's, it's very rare to run into a car coming through that area of the state. I mean, that was a 36,000-acre ranch. I mean, it was not small. My parents and my family are very wealthy cattle people. You know, they, they own a lot of cattle and a lot of land. I think it takes five acres to, you know, hold one cow. You know, to adequately let it graze and feed. So you got to figure when you have 10,000 cattle and above, you, you need a substantial part of land. So, you know, being a snobby asshole and being on my family's land, of course I need a legend. And people would go out there and do their thing. And you'd, you'd always see weird shit out there, man. And part of having cattle, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, they die. So just like when you're in the, the forest, sometimes you want to cost those antlers that they've shed off. Have you ever seen that? There's just people with stacks of antlers. It's, it's, it's not because they went out and killed all those deer. Oh, yeah, they, they just come across them. horns in the wild all the time and skulls. Well, people do all kinds of shit and burn candles and drip it over the skull and, you know, draw all these symbols on dead or cow skulls and, you know, bring dead deer carcasses there. It's, it's, it's a fucked up spot, man. It, it really is. It has a dark legend to it. And, you know, for the kids that grew up hearing it, it was always kind of like sneaking out at night. You know, I'm, oh, I'm going to the crossroads tonight. Uh-huh. You know, and that, that could have very well been where, you know, shit started to get a little weird for me, man. And, just being able to look back, like I was saying, there's a lot of stuff that I can't remember that I used to, you know, that I could used to remember so vividly. And would you consider that like a tradition or was it like a ritual? Hope, hopefully it wasn't like a ritual or a seance because that, that leads to bad things. No, man. It was where you went to when you got drunk. You know what I mean? Some people would go to like the point and get all hammered or, you know, go clip jumping. This is what local kids that had pasture parties would go do. They'd get all drunk in the thing and get a 
all this liquid courage because it's it's not a story that's meant to urge you to go do shit like that. It's it's like stories that your parents used to tell your grandparents to shut you the fuck up and go hide in your bedroom and pull the covers over your head type stuff. Mm-hmm. So when you go out to do it, it was kind of like truth or dare. You know, who who has the balls? I mean, it, it's one thing to, you know, just light a candle and make your wish, pretty much. It, it's a whole nother one to be drunk enough to open yourself up and bleed onto a candle while you're making a wish. It's, it's, it's not even a wish. It's like an agreement that you're making. You know, you, you bleed out on the candle to where it goes out. You drip the blood on there. You say what you want to give it for. I mean, and how many times have I probably done it? I, I couldn't even tell you. And I mean, that's one possible way that, you know, I actually got what I wanted and I'm successful. I have a beautiful wife. I have two, you know, three great children. Mm-hmm. And do you think, uh, like people weren't chanting or anything when you were performing this ritual, were they? Some people were, man. Interesting. You know, and it's, it, some of them got it from their grandparents or what to say, you know, I, and I, I can't remember to sit here and recite it. You know, my whole thing was, is that you had one of those candles. I had this big white one and, you know, we were all into it because it was something to do. And it's, you can only go out to the fields and get drunk with your friends so many times before you start to develop a problem to where your parents are going to start noticing. Right. You know, and I, I remember one time my, my buddy was out there and he had done it. Cause it's not something that you always got out there and done, man. It's a really odd feeling. And when you get out there and you see all the, the skulls and the dead animal carcasses, it's, it's not a fucking good feeling. And you know, you people lose their, their sand out there, you know, they're, they're, they're not so willing to do it. It's one thing to go out there and be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to do that tonight. You know, it was, it was kind of one of those things you get out there and people start, you know, feeling that weird, creepy vibe and, the smell and, you know, the skulls everywhere, but people would puss out all the time, you know, and it was talked about for some time after when somebody did it, you know, it would make its way around. You know how school was, man. It was like rumor city. Right. And every time somebody would do it, I mean, people found out. They're like, why the fuck did you do that, man? You know, that's going to lead to something bad. That's bad juju. So, you know, going out there to just do it in general, a lot of people just went out there to hang out, you know, and it, a, a lot of people didn't even hang out right at the crossroads area. It was like always up the, up the road where people would pull over and, you know, keep their cars. They wouldn't drive up to the crossroad. It was never, I mean, and a lot of it ended with people would get spooked and hear something weird and then everybody would run to their cars and tell out and get the fuck out of there. That's the type of, the, the ambiance that was that came with there was a stigma for sure that you know came with that area. And do you think like the continued practice? Do you think that le- left like an imprint? Maybe. No, it's not even a practice, man. It was like it, I don't it know what you call a ritual. Do, you know, like practice. Or... For example, there's there's a spot in Colorado that's pretty well known. Well, there's a couple in Colorado, but you know. The crossroads is more for local, for that area. You know, it, it's not something that people seek out. I mean, the the lure of it has ventured out to where people that aren't from the area definitely go out and hear about it and try it. You know, but there's a spot called the Third Bridge. 
It's off of Quincy past Gun Club Road. And there's a lot of paranormal YouTubers that have went out there and made a, a video on this damn bridge. And kids have died there, numbers of them. And it was supposedly, you know, I, I have went out there and sat in the car. And you can hear Indian drums from time to time. You, you see shadows running underneath the bridge. It's, it's, it's the location of an Indian mass slaughter area. So, you know, there's a lot of Indians that were out there, Native Americans that were killed. And that, you know, that it holds a dark past because of, you know, settlers moving over here, heading west with their gold rush and everything. They, they killed all the Indians that were out there. So it has a stigma with it that, you know, that's a, a paranormal hotspot. That's exactly what, the, you know, the crossroads is. is it's a, a local legend that, you know, has stuck around passed on from generation to generation the same story. I mean, my nephews know what the crossroad is. It's, it's something that's passed down from generation to generation. Yeah, people believe if you go hunting for, uh, you know, entities that uh, you, you'll find them and then they'll they'll never leave you sometimes. <laughs> that's the right. case. Well, I mean, that's, that's just an example of one thing. I mean, think about how much stupid shit you did growing up. Oh, there's been too much to think about. <laughs> right. I and you could open you. the door without even knowing about it. I mean, you, you don't know. <laughs> no one can tell you exactly when, what, and where. I mean, some people are lucky enough to be able to pinpoint one thing because they, they don't do a lot of negative shit or, you know, don't, they're not mischievous in any way. <laughs> I was, you know, I, I like to make bad decisions. It, <laughs> I was just that guy. I mean, I was a pain in the ass child. Well, you had said something about uh, you feel like meeting the wrong person sometimes. Is that like associated with like curses or hexes or just something bad juju with associated with that individual? I, I mean, again, man, going through the stuff that I have and the education that I've been able to build up around this subject, it's it's all subjected to your beliefs. It 100% is. I mean, different religions, different places. I'm, I, I do believe in curses and stuff like that and witchcraft, but again, you have to go looking for that shit for it to affect you. I mean, I stumbled upon voodoo because of a, a, a tourist site, you know, and being my brain overloaded with voodoo stuff all over. You know, voodoo hot sauce, voodoo restaurants. <laughs> you know, it was everywhere. So uh, essentially, when you're around it and you see it enough, you're going to venture out and go check it out, see what it's all about when you're you're constantly reminded of it. Well, one of the most haunted items in uh, at least uh, American history is Robert the Doll is located out there in the Florida Keys. There is a story that, uh, and they believe it down there for anybody who lives in that area, believes that uh, Robert the Doll was actually cursed by voodoo. Yeah. And that's why he's just like this sinister, you know, vindictive doll that there's certain rules that you have to follow or else like uh, bad luck befalls you in in many different forms. Like people have died, people have gotten sick, people have lost wealth, car accidents, all kinds of weird stuff. And there seems to be a strong belief that that is all based in voodoo. Yeah, I, you can't rule anything out, man. There's... Science can't explain it that, you know, it, the whole thing is constantly contradicted by so much stuff. I mean, 
you have religious people tell you that you're crazy when you talk about ghosts and demons that you're experiencing in your house, but yet they're at a or you know at a church that they pay homage to mm-hmm. for the assumption that you know that there is a God. Well, if there's a God, there has to be the devil. So is it too far to think that, you know, if you believe in a woman getting pregnant out of nowhere without having sex, is it so far hard to believe that you're, you know, being haunted by a demonic force? So you don't, you've never come across somebody that may have cursed you or placed a hex on you or anything like that that you can think of? Somebody that maybe you wronged I, or pissed I, off? I can't. I mean, no? after the voodoo shop is when it was way more... Uh, no obvious with her touching me and how I made me feel I can't rule it out but I'd like to give people the benefit of the doubt and not go down that road mm-hmm. I just didn't know if there was maybe an enemy of the family that might have uh, you know practiced witchcraft and wouldn't be you know at all offended or anything to just put a curse on you or do something like that no man and if I did they wouldn't talk about it anyway <laughs> that would be kind of a fucked up thing I mean, I think if somebody put a curse on you, they'd go out of their way to tell you, I would hope. Like, you would know you crossed that person. I don't think that anybody would do that to me in my family. But again, you can't rule it out. And you gotta, got to have all doors open. But no, not to my knowledge, not to anything that I can pin back to something. I, I don't even talk to a lot of my family. And when I do talk to them, I never leave it on bad terms. Right, and what's their consensus with like, uh, you know, the their uh, basically their opinions of what's going on with you? Does any of them express what they're thinking? I'll be honest; they think my mother fucked me up in the head. Really, my mom's a very toxic, negative person. It's my mom, and I love her, but I do not like her as a person. You know, I had a good life; I was raised properly; I was raised by good people. But my mom has always been a super negative person. Like she always talks shit, shit about people. She's always negative. And a lot of my family have contribute what I go through. Cause remember a lot of my family are just like, Oh, you're a, a great director and an actor, you know, and I'm looking at them and they're like, Holy fuck, Jared, what, <laughs> what? Yeah. Fucking clowns. You know? Well, do you think and that a vast majority of people are like it's your fucking mother? Well, they say, I don't know if this is true or not, but they say hell has no fury like a woman who's scorned. Do you think maybe something from her was imprinted upon you? I think something from her was imprinted on me and my brother and sister. And are they are your siblings seeing the same stuff that you're seeing and experiencing? Now that all this stuff has come out about me and you know being on the, the travel channel and stuff like that, a lot of my family didn't even know about what I did until they were watching my paranormal caught on camera. What did and they say about my that? brother's super private man. He's the definition of a real cowboy. He eats, sleeps, and breathes cattle ranching. Mm-hmm. And he's sensitive. He always has been. And, and after all this shit came out about me and people are actually talking about it in my family behind closed doors, my brother was like, dude, I've been dealing with this shit since we lived in town. You know, like what? And just some of the stories that he was telling me that he's gone through. So he's you know, experiencing some of the same stuff. Coming face to face with shit in the middle of the night, you know, hearing stuff out in the barn. When you have animals, that many animals, and you got horses and stuff, all that shit's expensive. And then if something's causing shit with your animals, the last thing you want to do is take the chance that, you know, 
nothing's going to happen. It could be a coyote out there killing one of your animals in your chicken coop, you know, fucking with your, your calves, whatever kind of animals. I mean, goats, pigs, it's, it's a working cattle ranch, a real cattle ranch, and my family is sustainable. They, they eat their own meat. They, they grow their own vegetables. It's, it's all sustained because when you live out in the middle of nowhere like that, it's not like you can just jump in the car and be at the grocery store in 10 minutes. It's not. It's like an hour to get to the, you know, the small town of Hugo where there's a makeshift, you know, grocery store. And my family don't want to drive to town. That's why they live in the country. They separate themselves. My brother so definitely has, has had that kind of stuff. And a lot of my family collectively have put us together. And my sister's had experiences before, you know. So that's that's kind of a new development for me, you know, talking to my sister and brother about it. Yeah, it seems to be kind of like a family. I don't know if plague is the right word, but kind of like... We're a, the only ones that have had it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, not to the extent that I do, but, you know, a lot of my family who believe in this type of stuff contribute it to my mom and being so negative. Yeah, from what you described, it sounds like they live in, a, like, a part of the world where if you scream, nobody would hear it kind of thing. Yeah. From how and secluded they are. My mom screams to talk. Really? She's a vile human being. I love my, like I said, please, if you're listening, don't take this the wrong way. It's my mom, and I'm very grateful for everything that I was given growing up. I have a lot of advantages that most people don't have. But my mother as a human being is vile. My sister is a clone of my mother. So when you're talking about two super negative, super, you know, they're bad people. They're just, you know, they have nothing good to say about anything, and they try to bring everybody down to their level of just fucking misery. <laughs> so, I mean, I think being around that negative negativity, negativity our entire life, I mean, I don't even speak to my fucking mother anymore, nor will I ever. I probably won't even go to her funeral. It's just, it's, you have to come to terms that uh, when you are going through stuff, you have to eliminate all toxic things out of your life, all because then that makes it a little bit better. Does it help it? It's, again, it's all in your mind. You know, and in my opinion, since I have stopped talking to my mom, the, the severity of my vulnerability has, has dropped. You know, I'm not so vulnerable anymore because I'm not, I'm not around negative things. I don't expose myself to negative things. I'm using the natural stuff that you can't avoid. You can't control the people in your life. And since I've gotten her out of my life, I don't talk to her at all. I, I don't. I don't leave myself open to get you know blindsided anymore. Because every time my mom would call, I'm thinking, "Fuck, what now?" And now I don't even deal with it. You know, and like I said, I've had a lot of weird shit that's happened to me my entire life. Look at the thing with my kid. My dog was attacked by a pit bull. Damn near ripped his arm off, and then he had to watch his grandma get ripped to pieces and eaten alive. She died. From yeah, a dog attack. That doesn't seem like a random event either. It seems like it's uh, no. correlates or associates with something else. It would have to be. You know, my kids see it. More so my son and my stepson. They know exactly what's going on in here. And I don't know, man. They're, they're afraid of everything else. And for whatever reason they are with this, and I keep telling them, like, Jesus Christ, back off. Quit fucking with it. Don't, you know, and they, it's, it's like their legend. You know, it's like 
the crossroads for me as to what it is for them to deal with this stuff. They love it. It's it's almost like a trap, in my opinion. The the more it interacts with them, and the, the their response is unbelievable. You know, I'm a grown man, and I, it's it's something that directly relates to me. And my kids get a rush off of it, and I, I just don't get it. And I'm afraid of what might attach to them. Right. That's why I eliminate all the negative aspects of my life because I don't want that shit flowing out to my children. I don't want them to have to go through what I've gone through. And the last thing you want to do is antagonize it and get it stirred up to do uh, whatever. You know what's sad? I think not paying attention to it made it worse. Yeah, some people say just ignoring it should uh, make it subside, and I don't think that's ever the case because you've experienced it firsthand. Right. And a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people think that this dude, you know, named Jesus walked on water, you know, so it, uh, again, it's all a matter of belief, man. Right. You don't remember ever like waking up as a kid and like catching your mom doing something like really odd or anything like messing with some like voodoo type shit or Ouija boards or chanting. Okay. My mom didn't even drink. Okay. Because that'd be weird if you woke up in the middle of the night and there was some, like, chanting or some, like, weird ritual going on. Because I could foresee that being a big piece of, like, the permission puzzle puzzle that we're trying my to My dad would have kicked her ass with the curb immediately. Man, growing up in a Jewish family, are you kidding? If my mom was into some shit like that, my grandpa would have killed her. Yeah. Literally put her out of her misery for that. You don't think it... So. Uh, would correlate no. to with anything like growing up did you guys live in like a haunted house or like a bad part no. of the state or anything like that on a graveyard like the movie poltergeist or anything like that no a twenty thousand square foot ranch house <laughs> you know like a no. beautiful plantation home yeah we're just trying to rule out all the angles here it. yeah <laughs> you know, we're, no. we're talking about everything so anything that they can come <laughs> up with we're trying to figure no, out. No, no, no voodoo rituals, no witchcraft, none, none of that stuff. Good yeah. old country folks with, you know. Yeah, they built the a, house. A, a but Southern they, Baptist mentality. We built the house, but we didn't move the heads. We moved the headstones, but not the body type of thing. And poltergeist, nothing, none of that, right? Well, I mean, it's out in the eastern plains, man. I mean, it, it could have definitely been on a, you know, an Indian barrel ground. I mean, it's been around for almost 200 years now. So, I mean, that wouldn't be out of the question. I mean, it is out in the eastern plains of Colorado. There's a lot of Indians that live out there, like a lot. So that that could definitely well be it. Or, you know, even an Indian burial site on one of the pieces of property that we've done the cattle on. It's, we find arrowheads out there all the time. That used to be what we do for fun when we were kids is go out and look for arrowheads. We'd find them all the time. <laughs> Did you ever find anything else that was probably like Native American related that might, you know, be kind of suspect? No, just arrowheads, man. One time I found part of an arrow that still had the, the wood on it, you know, the, the body of the arrow, or arrow, not arrow. That's about the only thing that I found. I mean, nothing that I could think of, not with my brothers or my sister, nothing like that. I mean, we found a lot of arrowheads, but that's it. I mean, um, I guess my grandpa back in the day, my great grandpa found an old burial site because they used to bury the Indians above ground. So a, a part of the, the property had, you know, the remnants of one of those, you know, the, the stand and everything over time had 
collapse, but I mean, he, he went out there with a backhoe, I guess, and dug a, a pretty good sized grave and put everything in there, but definitely disrupted the piece of it for sure. I mean, it was all laying down on the ground after just being out there for so many years. And like I said, it's desolate, man. It's out in the middle of nowhere. You didn't find yourself like doing any kind of, uh, you know, illicit activities in like cemeteries and stuff. Cause they're known for, you know, activity obviously for obvious reasons. Yeah. I mean, I'd break into a cemetery in town to go fish. You know, it was, it was not even breaking in. It was the train ran through it. So there was a big part of the fence that didn't exist. Cause you can't put a fence over a train track that actively would just, it would come in through the head to Coors brewing company. So you walk in the back portion of it, there's these ponds that have giant bass in them. So I used to do stuff like that. I mean, shit, I'm 41 and I'd still break into that cemetery to go bass fishing. You can five to 10 pound bass consistently. So, yeah, I mean, I did stuff like that. I mean, you'd go out and mess around in the graveyards growing up, man. I mean, Fort Logan National Cemetery, that, that's a creepy thing. Again, that's stuff you do as a kid, mm-hmm. <laughs> not knowing the implications of what you might be doing, man. It, it's not like your parents sit you down and be like, go ahead and fuck with this shit. And go ahead and try to sell the, your soul to the devil, see what happens. I mean, your parents wouldn't believe you'd do that. It's not something you'd go tell your parents that you're going to do. Right, and those are the types of places that if people are looking for activity, you're almost guaranteed to find it because, you know, <laughs> lots of people are buried out there and not everybody uh, is resting peacefully. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of people have told me through all this, like, if you go look for something hard enough, you're going to find it. And that's a hell of a good way to find something, <laughs> you know, people's final resting spots. And you can't imagine that all of those people died willingly they're ready to go and spend their time. But I think a lot of that, it, I think a lot of hauntings in general are about the way someone died, the, you know, the hurt, the pain, the misery. And I, I think a lot of people who go out like that aren't capable of crossing over. Really think about that. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you right now, what's going on with me is not a ghost. Well, absolutely not, man, because you had an experience in the Sally house where you believe that w- whatever resides in that house is an evil, but it was overshadowed by what uh, what was following you that uh, night that you spent there. Oh, man. Again, religious figures on me don't mix, man. And I don't know if we went over this on the podcast, but when I got there, I, I was driving from North Carolina. Rob flew back into Missouri. And Kate was heading out there. When I got there, it was, granted, it was a couple hours early, but I was driving from North Carolina. I didn't have an exact ETA. When I pulled up into town, it was that morning, and I drove around the town. I went into the, one of their bars and ate some food and talked to some of the locals, and, and I went back to that fucking house. And I just got my code, and I'm walking up the door. A preacher walks out. And I guess he had had permission to go in, and he looks at me and goes, good luck. And he was in there praying over the house. So I called the city who rents the Sally house out, flipping out like, what the fuck? I said I wanted this place. I don't want no shenanigans. And then I get here to open up the door, and there's a fucking preacher in there. 
what the hell is going on? What are you doing? Oh, we didn't know he was supposed to be there. And you have a code to get in the door. You pay your money. They give you a code. You put your code in and it opens up a box with a key in it. So why the fuck that guy was even there? It's supposed to be a specific code for you that day that you rented it. Right. And he came out and was like, good luck. Just looked at me, gave me a weird look on his car and fucking left. So right when I got in there, where it just sort of happened, the moment I stepped into that house. So I called and I was like, well, there's a preacher coming out of here. This is all fucking joke. They probably have shit set up all over the house to make these fucking noises. I was pissed because it's not cheap to do that shit. And it's like 75 bucks per person. 150 if you stay overnight per person. So when you spend that kind of money, you're like, all right, no fucking games. I spent good money to do this. Be upfront and honest. You know, that was, that was a very active evening. But I didn't feel scared. No, you see, I think your words were uh, whatever was in that house was overshadowed by what was following me. Oh, 100%. And going into some of the places that me and Rob went into, you could definitely tell that was the case, you know, and it's so funny when you see some of these videos of these content creators going to Sally house, a demon followed me home. It's like, and that's when you know it's full shit. If that was scary to you and you think that's demonic, then you've been doing some bullshit investigations then and you're full of fucking shit. Cause if you want to see evil, I can fucking, show you evil just ask rob what burned into his chest at my house <laughs> oh absolutely that's fucking evil not a little girl that died miserably because she was being opened up by a doctor that was trying to save her life with no anesthetic yeah. the sally house is talking about a little girl named sally's ghost not no fucking demon that's not it that's not a demon house it's not it's not associated with demonic anything yes they're some jackasses that went down there and painted a, a pentagram or whatever in the basement <laughs> that they had to burn off to get it off. Well, yeah, whatever. Uh, again, it's part of the story, but if, if there was definitely activity, you're going to find it in that house, but it's not demonic whatsoever. Yeah. That's weird that that basement door was open. That's uh, supposedly always supposed to be it was locked, locked because it's like a dangerous thing to be down in that decrepit basement. Right, and there's a sign that says no entry, and that fucking door flew open when I was in the kitchen. It was like, oh, God. You're like, nope, not going down there. <laughs> Just watch Sam and Colby. They were in there the day after I was, and the lady, because I called her freaking out like, you guys are setting this shit up. I, I want to come in here and have a genuine experience and that shit in this house. You told me not to go in the basement, that it was locked. It's not locked. The door's wide fucking open and opened up while I'm in here. And on the Sam and Colby video, they're talking about me <laughs> because I was in there the day before they were. Yeah, that's that's crazy, man. There's been quite a few people that have been through that house. Like Omar Gosh is another guy that's gone through there as well as many other big-name YouTubers that have checked that place out. All big-name YouTubers have been there. It's a it's a video where people look up Sally House is a commonly searched paranormal spot, just like the Villasella, you know, Axe Murder House, you know, pretty much any of the old asylums or state penitentiaries. It's 
it's a hot spot for people to go because if you're looking to have an experience, chances are you're going to hear some bumps in the night there. That's for damn sure. Absolutely. And you can't remember like growing up, like if there was ever a group of people that were like satanic worshipers that you might've come across at like a party or something like that, that were doing weird shit. I mean, you, you had the goth kids, but those were people I'd hang out with. Then I was a popular jock. If yeah. I was hanging out with somebody like that, it was to have sex with one of them because I like goth chicks. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know if there you might have come across a, like a strange group of kids that might be into that stuff at a party or something and may have gotten into some of the shit that they were into. Nah, man. People I hung around with would never allow that shit around them, man. You know, one of the things you touched on in the past was like night terrors, man. How have those been affecting you lately? Lately, oh man, I was on that dark diet. I don't like to sleep, man. If I can avoid it, I do. Yet everyone has to sleep. It's just I have to do it in a very specific way. You know, I used to listen to ambient noise like water and stuff. Now I just listen to uh, stories, audiobooks, because it puts me in a different mind state when I before I go to sleep. You know, I, I concentrate on what I'm listening to, like. I've even started listening to different languages to see if that helps, but I don't like to sleep, man. I'm afraid of what will happen. And now that I'm ready to make a stand, I wouldn't even say a stand. I'm just, I'm, I'm done moving and I've got to figure out a way to stand my ground with it, but it's, it's, it's more of the same. Yeah. I, I've tried everything, man. I've moved. I've changed the way I live my life. I've changed the way I eat, sleep, Live, you know, I've changed everything. I have completely refurnished this house twice. This is the third time I've gotten rid of everything. And it's not my paintings. That's what's left of my restaurant. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not getting rid of them. There's no, this shit was happening way before I had the paintings. You know, and anything else that could have been attached or it attached to, it's either thrown away or given away. Yeah, so it's definitely not an item or like maybe a family heirloom or anything like that. It's definitely got to be just no. solely attached to you. Yeah. It's it's starting to make itself aware to me everywhere I go, everywhere. Well, you talked about like uh, opening doors with a mind, um, and you were telling us about the story about the crossroads. So, I mean, how's this for a theory? You've got, how many people used to attend those? Is it, did it vary or was it kind of like 10, 12, 7? How many people would you say attended those crossroad events? Hundreds, bro. Oh, hundreds, Kids okay. from other counties would drive down there. It was like a local legend. So, if, so, I mean, if you're around there, I mean, think about how many kids are out there. About thousands of kids. Right. <laughs> Over time, I, I, I guarantee a ton of people, man. If you were popular, you'd go out to the crossroads and there's nothing out because people go out there and drink and party. Man. It's like a, so if you got one spot. mind that can open like a window or a door to a different dimension or plane of existence, if you got a hundred people out there doing a, a ritual or a, you know, whatever you want to call it and everybody's minds in sync, what, what kind of door would that open? I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's a. I guess it's a pretty viable question, right? If you had a bunch of different minds in sync, that would be scary to think what uh, what kind of door or, 
or portal you could open with uh, that kind of mind power. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, everybody was standing around watching you just watch you do it, too. It was kind of like, I dare you to go do it. You know, it's like you have to build up courage to go out there and do something like that. It was scary. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the shit that people would take out there, I mean, I know there was satanic rituals that were performed out there. The cops had been out there a couple of times. People would run to the main road. There's no cell phone service out there. It's dead air. Right. Completely flat. Any which way you look, all you see is land. There's nothing out there. And it's a journey to get there. It's all dirt roads. You've got to drive 20, 30 minutes away from the main road just to get to the, you know, the roads that lead to it. It's, it's literally out in the middle of nowhere. You have to intentionally try to go there. It's not somewhere that you can run on it by accident. If you run on it by accident, there's a problem. You have to know how to get to it to, to get to it. And you know immediately when you get to it because you can see so far in front of you, it's not even funny. So when you're coming up onto a road, it's just like it kind of sinks down and out there, the roads are built up above the land and you go down into a ditch to, you know, reach the farmland. So the roads built up and once you get there, the, the whole four way starts to sink down the color around it's a different color than everywhere else. And nothing really grows around that section. Nothing. I mean, it's all dead. It may start out, you know, going strong, but it always dies. Nothing grows there. It's like black dirt. Most of the time, even the soil around that area doesn't match the greater area. It's just that spot. There's something about it. I think that's why it's called what it is. It's just, uh, it's one of those spots that it, it carries a, a thick presence with it. Makes you wonder how it even got there. The roads don't go to anywhere. I mean, you drive out in the middle of a pasture and the road stops. And when I say it's secluded, it's secluded. Yeah, that'd be interesting. The skulls and weird shit, dead animals. Because let's say you're you're performing the ritual or the practice or the dare, and uh, you've got a hundred people that are chanting, which are essentially in sync, yet they don't know it. But if they're chanting in unison, that their people's minds are actually in sync, that could definitely lead to yeah. something very very bad. Yeah, I mean, if it happened like that, it was, like I said, when you, you go out there, you, you take your own candle, you put it in the middle of the four-way, and you, you cut your hand, you make your wish, and you put your the candle out and try to drop the blood on it. And if you could drop the blood on it and put the candle out, that's when it was supposed to you know happen. And then you'd run into the devil, and then you'd go down to this endless driveway, and you'd take your walk. So there's like a two-part. And down the road, it's it's another road that just goes to nowhere. As long as you can see, it's just a straight dirt road. And it, it, it just looks like it never ends. And you park your car, you walk up, you think about it in your head, what you just did. And it's supposed to be, that's where you meet somebody. Shake the hand, deal's made, you're done. So here's the burning question everybody's going to want to ask. How far did you get and did you shake the hand? <laughs> you don't remember how far you got down that road and if you saw something at the end it could have happened I don't know something that you did drunk that's the only way that you would have the balls to do something like that man. 
the only times I've woken up next to somebody I have no idea who they are doesn't mean that that happened. I mean, you had to do both pieces of it for it to work. And you never know, man. I've woken up in my bed not knowing what happened the night before, and I knew I was out there. So could it have happened? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're I'd getting... like to think it didn't, you know, but, I mean, when you get blackout drunk with your friends because that's all you're doing, you kill a 20 or 30 rack of Keystone ice, you know, cheap-ass 30 rack of beer. You get drunk, man, it could definitely well happen, for sure. But again, So we're getting uh, to the end of a 90-minute session here. You know, we went a little bit longer, but, you know, we want to give people as much content as we can possibly provide. But we did tell them that uh, we would uh, give them the story of uh, the stigma behind your new home before we uh, signed off tonight. Man, it's a beautiful house. I have my own pool. But we weren't even all the way moved in before we heard the footsteps. And that I liked the other houses, man, because it was all carpet upstairs. Um, and the, the main floor was just the tile. Well, here it's a huge area of tile, and there's still carpet upstairs. But I hear footsteps now. And it, you can hear it originate from the front door, and it's like boots on a hardwood floor. You know, and I, I haven't had that in a long time. And that was, that dates back to the Aurora house, or the Parker house, the farmhouse, where I had a video of, you know, footsteps running down the stairs towards me. So now it's like I have an advantage because I can hear it coming. So... I know how to maneuver around this house so I don't have like a, a face-to-face encounter so much. But like footsteps start from the front door and walk all the way into the back room because there's two living rooms. There's a main living room, a dining room, and then the stairways that go upstairs. And it's like a whole other house on the upper level. And then you got the kitchen and the, the non-formal living room that's, you know, in the back corner and it's all tile. And it's... It's already having footsteps, you know, and <laughs> fucking water is expensive in Arizona. And for the life of me, I can't keep them off. I've even went as far as taking shoelaces and tying the handle to the spout so it can't open and the water still turns on. Right. And, and who you, knows how long it runs, man. Yeah, before you realize what's going on. And didn't you say that one of the neighbors was like, there's a rumor that something happened in that house that was, you know, less right. than ideal? The the previous tenants had weird stuff that was going on here all the time. Go figure. Yeah. And you, you would know, find the real estate agents don't tell you about that. <laughs> yeah. You would find the one house that's like haunted, right? You know, and that's just my luck. And, you know, I've, I've thought about it. Maybe they've seen my videos or seen me on, you know, a TikTok. I've had a lot of people see videos and I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, you always have to think that you always have to come up with the skeptical side first, you know? And I, I just, I don't see these people watching paranormal stuff, but he was like, Oh yeah. I mean, I was asking him, he brought it up. You haven't any weird shit happening in your house. I'm like, oh, you see my videos? And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like the people who lived there before you complained about it all the fucking time. And I'm just sitting here thinking, oh, of course. Yeah, like, great. So, but yeah, it's back. 
Yeah, you may or may not be living in a previously haunted house with what's following you around. So I don't know if that's going to be a power struggle or not, but we'll be, find out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're back to posting for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I well, don't know. I've liked not trying to record it, but like I said, if if the camera's by me and it's going, that's 50-50. Absolutely. I'm going to start again because it didn't seem to be as bad as when I stopped. Yeah. Well, we're right at the 90-minute mark. Is there anything you want to uh, say in closing on the permission side of things here to people? Maybe a cautionary message? Yeah, live your life right and don't do stupid shit. (laughs) Sage advice. I don't think we could uh, say it much better than that. So unless you got anything else, we'll sign out on this episode and uh, we'll come back with another one as long as people are... Still interested in the uh, story. Right, and welcome again to everybody from Dark Knight. Tell them JB said hey. And Tim. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll keep bringing you the content as long as you guys uh, are interested in hearing the story. So, yep, let us know for sure. But with that being said, we're going to sign off, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night.